Good morning. It's great to be with you today, and I trust that you felt that you were worshiping the Lord earlier. If you didn't, uh, I, I was just filled with uh, praise to God and just appreciate the praise team that led us in worship of our Lord this morning. Just want to give you a little update of our ministry before we get to our message. Uh, as you know, we are a ministry that focuses on equipping and training pastors and church leaders around the world. Our mission is to glorify God by equipping Christ followers globally with comprehensive training for effective ministry. We're compelled to finish this mission, this call that God has given to us. And our core philosophy is the, the, the discipleship relationship where the teacher becomes a role model and develops a close relationship with the students and pours his life out into them and involves them and engages them in the ministry. And this becomes a catalyst for their growth and development. We follow Jesus' method of how he trained the 12 disciples. And we have curriculum that we believe is accessible. We want it to be accessible in cities and towns and rural areas to tribal people, to urban people, to doctors and educators. Anybody who wants to serve our great God, we want to bring that training to them. And it's uh, affordable. They, they pay something for it, and it's affordable in their economy and reproducible, as many of them become trainers also. This last year, by God's grace, we grew 20% last year. Even in the midst of a pandemic, God brought growth to our ministry. We grew by over 1,100 people in training last year by the grace of God for the glory of God. And so we now have over 6,000 students in over 500 classes in 31 countries and 13,000 graduates by the grace of God. Last year, our graduates started 20 new churches for the glory of God with 400 new worshipers. This is a Hmong church that's spelled H-M-O-N-G in Hanoi, Vietnam. Uh, the, uh, the, the young man on the, on the right uh, that's uh, uh, the squatting there, that's... Um, his name is Win Thong, and he is uh, one of our coordinators. He started this church in Hanoi. So we have seen many of these, these uh, precious men and, and go out and start churches, and women engage in ministry as well, and, and uh, we've seen a lot of churches started around the world. Uh, one of our graduates in the Philippines is an engineer. Any engineers with us this, here, here this morning? Yeah, there's a few. Uh, he he went through our training and was, was uh, burdened by the Lord to start a church. And since he graduated in 2016, it started 15 house churches. And he, he leads three classes himself. And uh, he has baptized over 500 people in the last five years. This was a recent baptism last month in the ocean in the Philippines. 52 people, new believers were baptized. He says, there are no ordinary members in our church. Everyone is expected to be involved in the ministry. They go out sharing the gospel even in the midst of a pandemic. And so God, Jesus is still building his church today all over the world. Okay, here we go. I went too far. So today is the anniversary of Pentecost. You know, 50 days after Jesus, after the Passover, after Jesus' resurrection, he went back to heaven. Ten days later, he sent the Holy Spirit and empowered the church to fulfill his mission in the world. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you shall remain here in Jerusalem, and after the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And this, this, is, this is the anniversary today, and it's also the International Day for the unreached. 
What is the status of the world today? Well, about 33% of the world's population claim to be, identify themselves as Christians. About 23% of those are nominal Christians. 10% are true Bible-believing Christian followers of Jesus Christ. 38% live in countries that have access to the gospel, like here in North America, but have not yet believed. Yet 29% have little or no access to the gospel. There are about 17,000 people groups, and many of them uh, do not have a Bible in their language or Jesus film to tell them the story of Jesus. And so about 29% of the world's population, especially in India, have no access to the gospel. 72% of missionaries worldwide, not just American missionaries, work among the Christian and reach peoples. 25% work among the 38% who have access, and just 2% work among the unreached. And we want to do something about that. We want to see that change. Of the money that's given worldwide, about 2% goes to Christian causes. $39 billion goes to the Christians in the nominal Christian areas. $5.4 billion is given to those who have access and $450 million goes to, the, to those who have little or no access to the gospel. That's about 1% of the giving goes to unreached people groups. And we would like to do something about that too. Because Jesus deserves to be worshipped among those peoples as well. And one of those places is in Odisha State in India. Odisha State is home to 42 million people. The language is Odia. The capital is, uh, I'll let you pronounce that, I think it's Bhubaneswara, and uh, 94, 94% of the people are Hindu. There was a Hindu festival last month when people went to the Ganges River. Uh, they, the Ganges River is considered a goddess in Hindu worship, and people went there and dipped in the river, and there was a big celebration, nobody wearing masks, and it became a super spreader in India. Now there are are millions of people infected with the disease and many dying every day. About 2% are Christian, and that includes everything, uh, evangelical, Roman Catholic, and cults as well, and 2% are Muslim. We want to do something about that too. And so God has placed it on our hearts to partner together to reach Odisha State by training up leaders there, by translating our curriculum into their language training pastors and church, church leaders there to send out workers to start new churches. There are 30 districts in Odisha State, and we would like to see as we work together a new church planted in every one of those districts. And all of us can be involved and engaged in doing this. And I'll tell you more about that, and Pastor Tim will as well later. So this morning, I'd like us to op- open our Bibles to Romans chapter 15, Romans chapter 15, verse 14 to 22. The title of our message this morning is, What Will Be Your Offering to God? What will be your offering to God? When you stand before the Lord one day, what will be your offering to Him? Here, Lord, this is my offering to you. And this is what Paul writes the church in Rome. He did not start this church. It was probably started by converts on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem that heard the gospel that took back the good news to the cities where they lived at, and the church was formed in Rome. And we'll read verse 14 down to verse 22. I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, 
that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. But on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder because of the grace given me by God to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God, for I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me by bring, to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never heard, I've never been told of him, will see. And those who have never heard will understand. This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. Let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We bow before your throne in your presence. We thank you that you have accepted us through the offering and sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, who offered his body on the cross as an acceptable sacrifice in our place to pay for our sins, and that you raised him from the dead on the third day. And now he is exalted into the heavens, seated at your right hand. And your desire is that we would glorify you by making disciples of all nations, that there would be a people that are a, a worshiping community and every people group around the world that knows you and worships you and proclaims your word and your gospel. And Lord, we pray that you would help us to see what role that you want us to play in this mission of yours in this world. Thank you that you use us as your instruments. And as we sang this morning, worthy is the Lord Jesus Christ to receive blessing and honor and glory for he was slain and he is worthy to open the scroll and we look forward to that day in your presence O lord and lord we pray that you would speak to us by your holy spirit this morning we have a focus on what you want to say to us heavenly father through your holy spirit in jesus name we pray amen one of the most remarkable stories in the history of world missions is the story of Gladys Aylward. Any of you ever heard of Gladys Aylward? She was born in 1904 in London, England. And when she was in her early 20s, she heard a preacher speak about dedicating her life to the Lord in service to him. And she was convinced that God had called her as a missionary to China. And so she went to the China Inland Mission. Any of you know who started that mission? Any, who, who was it? Hudson Taylor. And she applied to the mission and went through the examinations, but she failed, and they didn't accept her. They said, you're not, you're not equipped and worthy to go to China as a missionary. And so she, however, was not discouraged by that. She decided that she would continue her work as a maid. She cleaned rooms and homes throughout London, and she saved her money. She decided, I'm going to save my money, buy a ticket on the boat, go to Europe, and get on a train all the way across to uh, Japan, which she did. She, she crossed all the way across Russia during a war and made it to uh, the, the, the very 
far east of Russia and got on a boat to Japan, then came back to China in the midst of a war. She joined a lady in, in her ministry of an orphanage, and they were working together when this lady died, and it was all left to her. And uh, they, they started an inn, and the inn, they uh, invited these uh, men who were mule carriers. They brought mules through their city, carrying goods, going to other places, and she would bring them into the inn, and she would teach them stories of the Bible. One day, the Mandarin showed up. He's basically the uh, mayor of the, of the city, and he had a request for her. And if you're a good audience this morning, I'll tell you the rest of the story at the end of the message. Well, this morning, we'll see that Paul, when he writes this to the church in Rome, he writes and he says that, that as a priest offering a dedicated sacrifice to God, a redeemed Gentiles, Paul shared his strategic plans, his passionate plans of preaching the gospel where Christ was not worshipped with the Roman church. He was sharing their plans with them. You see, Paul focused on strategic cities in the Roman Empire, and he had worked in Antioch, around Jerusalem, all the way to Illyricum, which is now northern Albania. He had also planted churches in Ephesus, and his disciples went out through the neighboring towns and villages and started churches, and he felt like his work was over with, and now it was time to go on to Spain, and he wanted to base his operations in Rome. He did not start this church. And so the book of Romans is his defense of his ministry to Gentiles. He was defending that by unpacking the gospel to them. And so he was sharing his plans to go to Rome, to base there, to eventually go to Spain with the gospel. And the thesis, the message that it teaches us today is this. Like a priest offering a sacrifice to God, believers, we believers, are to engage with God and his mission of make, making disciples of all nations, all people groups. So when God invites us to engage with him as a priest, offering a sacrifice to him of redeemed unbelievers from unreached people groups around the world. And so this morning, I want to challenge us that we will commit ourselves to making disciples of the unreached as an act of worship to God. We can worship God through our praises. And, and, and our singing. We can worship God through our giving, but we can also worship God in ministry and reaching out to people, reaching out to our neighbors, our friends, our colleagues at work, sharing the gospel with people who do not yet know him. And as a church together, we can reach Odisha State for the glory of God and make a difference there. So I'd like to share with you four instructive takeaways from Paul's plan to visit Rome, number one, we need to do better evaluation and assessment of places that we, do, we go and do mission work. Paul writes to the church in, in Rome and he says, I myself am convinced about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able in, to instruct one another. He was convinced that they were men and women of integrity and character. They were able to teach one another. They understood the scriptures. And he, he was convinced that they were able to do the work of the ministry. This has not always been the position, the posture of mission, missionaries and missions with other people groups. Many times, uh, colonization continues in foreign lands by missionaries who unknowingly 
take the place of nationals who could do the work in the ministry, but they go to start a church and, and they do the work and finally at the end turn it over to somebody. Many times mission outreaches are led by, by Americans for years and years without engaging the local people to lead the ministry. But Paul here shows us another way. He was convinced that they were gifted enough and filled by the Spirit to lead ministry in their church in Rome. In fact, in chapter 1, he wrote to them and he said in verse 11 and verse 12, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you, that is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So here is Apostle Paul, great missionary church planter, received revelation from God, and he says, I'm coming to serve you, but I'm also expecting that you will teach me and you will encourage me. And one of the things I've experienced in the last 35 years, especially in our first 14 years in the Philippines, is that my brothers and sisters in the Philippines had a lot to teach me. If I were listening, if I was open to their instruction, they filled by the Spirit, they also believers in Jesus Christ, they had much to teach me. And God used my Filipino friends and brothers and sisters there to disciple me into a a much better character than I had when I first went there. If we are open, we can learn from one another. And unfortunately, I still see some mission mission works led by a team of all American missionaries, and no one in that people group, that target area, is involved in leadership in that team. And Paul shows us here that he, he did a different way. So we need to do a better evaluation a better assessment. I've, I've heard missionaries say, there are no good churches in the country we're going to. It borders somewhat on arrogance that we think we can go there and teach them how to do it, when in fact they have much to teach us if we would listen. He was confident in their ability. The churches in Galatia and Corinth, however, needed help. And sometimes we need to go and be a servant and help them and get better understanding of the Word of God. One commentator wrote, and said none were so wise that they had nothing more to learn and none were so inept that they had nothing of value to share. So in our outreach to Odisha, we must go with a servant attitude and find the brothers and sisters there that are already engaged in ministry and join them in what God is doing already there, not going to tell them how to do it, but going to serve together for the glory of God. Number two, Embrace your role. Romans 15, verse 15 and 16, he says, I've written you very boldly. And he says, I, because of the grace that God has given to me to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles, that word minister is the word liturgos, which, is, which means a priest, someone serving in the temple. So he viewed himself as a priest in the temple, and his offering to God was believing Gentiles to the Lord one day. He looked at himself at one day, I will stand before the Lord and I will offer to him believing Gentiles that are a, a holy sacrifice to the Lord. We can imagine ourselves one day standing before the lamb, worshiping him, and we, we can say together as a church, here, Lord, here are believers from Odisha state that we have worked together for your glory. You deserve this offering from us. And so he says, I've been involved in the priestly service of the gospel of God, and all of us are priests. 
Say that with me. I am a priest. I am a priest. We are serving in God's temple, and his temple is the world. And as we share the gospel, we are making an offering to the Lord to unbelievers that one day they may, be, may believe, and when we stand before the Lord, we can offer them to the Lord as an offering to him. He is worthy of that offering of people from every tribe, every language, every tongue, every nation on the planet. He is worthy of that, as we sang this morning. He is worthy that all these people will come to know him and worship him through Jesus Christ. We go because there is a famine of worship among these people groups. We go not because they're poor, not because they're uneducated. We go and tell them the good news because there is a a famine of worship among them, of the one true God. And God has given to us the message that will free them and enable them to worship the one true God. And so we are priests. We are to engage in the service and the temple of God throughout this whole world of redeemed people to him. So embrace your role this morning as a priest. Number three, dedicate yourself. We are instruments of the Lord for God to use in his ministry. What kind of instruments are we? Are we faithful instruments? Are we obedient instruments? Are we passionate, eager, lazy, negligent? Are we ready as God's instruments? We see here, Paul says, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders. Signs are miracles that God performs. Wonder is the response that people have when they see it. You see, when we step out in obedience to God, filled with His Holy Spirit, God uses us in ways that we would never have thought of. I've been through experiences in my life. I never imagined that God would have used me in that way. And this woman I mentioned to you, this missionary named Gladys Aylward, God used her in incredible ways, just an ordinary maid from London. But in the hands of the master, ready to serve, dedicated to him, God can do in and through us what we never thought or imagined. When we take the first step, God takes two steps to us and use us, uses ordinary people in extraordinary ways. He's looking for faithful servants. You would just say, Lord, here am I. I'll be a faithful servant. And God will use you in extraordinary ways. Maybe you say this morning, I can't go to a dish estate and do the teaching and training. That's okay. Or maybe you can go there and you can pray. You can do prayer walking through some of the cities there and pray for the people there. Or here, you can choose an hour. Do you know that the Moravians in the 15th century prayed for 100 years, 24-7, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they prayed for 100 years, and that began the missionary movement. Could we pray? Could, can one person claim one hour every week of the same day, each one of us, for these people in Odisha State? I believe we could do that. You don't have to pray for the whole hour. Just claim that hour, and there, there is some... Uh, magnets, some posters, uh, there's some uh, cards here on the table with a dish, pray for Odisha State. Put it on your, on your, uh, on your um, refrigerator. 
then put it on your calendar, on your phone. It pops up and reminds you, pray for Odysseus State. Each one of us can, can commit to pray because prayer to our commander-in-chief ignites the movement of God to start moving in their hearts and opening their hearts to the gospel. And then when the, the workers go there, then people are responsive to the gospel. Depend upon the Holy Spirit, obey God, and God will act in His behalf through us for His glory in ways we never even imagined. So dedicate yourself this morning. And number four, have a strategy and good exit plan. Know when you're finished. Paul said, I have, by the power of signs and wonders, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. Now, he had not preached the gospel to everyone there, but he had started churches and strategic cities and left the work of spreading the gospel to the disciples who were left in those cities. Paul had a strategy. He preached the gospel with Jews and God-fearing Gentiles at synagogues in major cities. He baptized those who believed, and he discipled those who, who, were, who were eager to follow the Lord. Churches met in homes of wealthy patrons. He continued to share the gospel in the marketplace, and he trained those who demonstrated faithfulness and let his associates continue the work of establishing the churches and training the leaders. He expected his disciples in these large cities to go out to other areas and start churches. And so we have the book of Colossians. Paul never started that church in Colossae. His, one of his disciples named Epaphras went there and he started a church. And so Paul focused on strategic cities. He had a strategy. He knew when he, would, he was finished. We need to have a strategy in our missionary endeavors and leave the work of, of completing the work to the people who are left in the, in the cities. So the thesis we've seen this morning, like a priest offering a sacrifice to the Lord, we are to engage with God in his mission of making disciples of all people groups, and each one of us can be involved. Well, back to the story of Gladys Aylward. You've been a good audience this morning, so I'll tell you the rest of the story. Well, the, the Mandarin came and said, the government has made a new law. Women cannot bind their feet anymore. They used to bind their feet to make them short. And we need somebody to go throughout the whole province and inspect the feet of the women. And you're going to be the one to do it. And so uh, at first she was thinking, me? Why, how can I do that? Travel all over the province. And re finally she accepted the invitation to go and work for the government in China. And uh, she went around the whole province. She learned the different dialects in that province. She inspected their feet, and she also shared the gospel to them. The whole province heard about Jesus through this maid from London named Gladys Elward. But the story doesn't stop there. One day, the, the uh, Mandarin showed up and said, we've got a, a huge problem at the prison. They're going wild. The, 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 the guards are leaving. There's a fight going on. You, you said that when you trust Jesus Christ, there's no fear. Can you go there and settle this issue? And so she, at first, she, she was reluctant, but she went inside, and, and these men were, some of them had committed murder, and so she was uh, afraid, but she went in, and, and she calmed everybody down, and she said, I want to have two representatives from all of you come here, and she talked to them and found out that they were placed in cages and given very little food, and so they, 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 they were very hungry, and, 
and they, were, they had a lot of energy to burn, and they couldn't do anything in the prison. And so she went to the Mandarin and said, well, you've got a major problem, putting them in cages and not feeding them anything. He said, well, we don't have any money. And she said, well, you, we can teach them trades, and they can, they can make things and sell it to the, in the market and have enough money for their own food. So she helped them start trades in that prison and taught them how to, about sewing and do, doing different things and made a huge difference. And then when the Japanese attacked that area, she led a hundred orphans. She started collecting uh, street kids and orphans. And uh, she took a hundred of them on a 12-day trek over the mountains in China all the way to the city of Xi'an and uh, left them there. And she went back to England. and She was sick and finally came back to China and died in 1970. But God used her in incredible ways. I read this book, a story, this story to my grandchildren. Every week we would read a chapter, and they were fascinated with her life. But God can do the same through you. If you're ready and willing, wherever he's placed you, whatever job you have, if you say, Lord, here am I, use me, God will use you in a similar way. I want to encourage you this morning to engage with God as one of his priests in the gospel ministry of redeeming people, unbelievers, and unreached around the world for the glory of God. Let's close in prayer. Father, this morning we worship you. We recognize the beauty of your person, the power that you have. There is none like you. You are our eternal God, our heavenly Father, the one who has loved us when no one loved us, and you sent the Lord Jesus to die on the cross to pay for our sins and to rise again on the third day, and he is Lord, and we worship you this morning through him. And We thank you that your plan is to redeem people from every tribe, every people group that has their own distinct language and culture. Many yet do not have the Word of God in their language, or they have like Odysseus State, they have a Bible, but very few churches, very few believers in Jesus Christ, and they need to hear the good news. And Lord, we say, we say here together, here am I, Lord, here, here, are, here we are, Lord, send us, use us to reach this people group that there may be a remnant, there may be an offering to you one day because you are worthy, Lord Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that, that even though that the world is in chaos today, we know that you are Lord, you are our King, and we can look to you and not live in fear. And we know that you can use us for your great purposes. Thank you, for the message this morning, fill us with your great, your, with your wonderful presence, your great joy, and use us for your kingdom purposes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Pastor Tim. David. Um, this week, oh, by the way, I just placed uh, five copies of the biography of Gladys Howard over there. This, if, if, I mean, I have no shame at all. I don't mind reading elementary age school books and all. It's <laughs> at my reading level. I get all the primary basic information. If this is a challenge for you, there's even a lower level reading level over there as well, okay? 
So you can check those out over there at the resource table and get to read the story about Gladys Alward. It is a great, great story. It's one of my favorite ones. Um, this week, um, I sent you out in my afterthoughts email um, an, a preview of kind of what we're talking about this weekend in reaching Odisha State for the gospel. This week, Carl Payne shared with the elder team, with the um, GO team, a quote. Oh, you know, I need the remote, brother. This week, Carl Payne shared with the GO team a quote that said, Attempt something so big that unless God intervenes, it is bound to fail. And so what we are putting before our church this weekend in partnership with CCI and David Nelson is to take a state of 44 million Hindus and place churches, not a church, but churches in every district, every county as we would know them, in every single county of that state. And as I said in my email, you know, where um, the Dollar General kind of uh, strategy is to put a Dollar General store within five minutes of 75% of the population of Americans, right now there is no one that we know of, there's very few then, I'll say 2%, let's just go with that, possible people who might actually know the gospel of Jesus Christ in Odisha State. It is our desire to place the gospel within five minutes of 75% of everyone in Odisha State. That kind of goal is the type of goal that we're talking about here. It is one that is, unless God intervenes, there's no way to accomplish it. And so this morning, what we're asking, we're bringing before our church family here, is in working alongside of David and Crossing Cultures International is a comprehensive project to equip committed believers with the Bible and theological training, helping them with their own personal spiritual growth, with their own personal spiritual character, with ministry skills, personal stewardship, to provide for effective long-term ministry. And the result of that training is to provide, to put new churches in all 30 districts of Odisha State. Now, and, and this is a long-term kind of project as well. Um, the project have two phases in it, all right? The first phase is to translate the curriculum. That's 3,000 pages of their curriculum. This is one book of their training curriculum. It's been translated, how many languages would you say, Dave? It's been translated into about 50 languages. Currently, the Bible is in Odia and is in Hindi and the major languages of Odisha, but any kind of training materials, we're not aware of that. And so our goal is to train, is to translate every single one of these books, all 3,000 pages, into the language of Odia and make it possible and make it available to begin to train pastors there. The price tag on that is $15,000. The second part of the phase is, as we've gotten this translated, is to begin to recruit and train biblically qualified men to do that. So they're looking initially for six biblically qualified men who would become the master trainers, and those master trainers would begin to train other men throughout the state. And so our goal is to support those men plus one coordinator for the area for those three years, again, for the price tag of $41,500. The total cost of the project is $56,500. 
We have the startup money to be able to begin this project of $2,700, I believe is what it is, um, already. And so we can, we can start up the project immediately. But to keep this project going, to get it up and running, and to see it become accomplished, we will need to raise up those other funds to do so. Um, that, that there has been a designated giving project that's been set aside already. If you go to Crossing's giving platform, you'll see Odisha State there. You can, do, you can donate through that. And then you can donate through all your regular means, as many of us donate in a variety of ways. You just have to make sure that that donation is set to Odisha State or India so we know where to apply it. But more importantly than even than the giving is the, is the, the, the need to be faithful in prayer for this. And you heard David speak about that a moment ago. Um, over at the table over there, there's these little magnets, little magnets we made up this week, and it just says, pray for Odisha. You can put this, if, you, if any of you ever, if any of you still serve in a cubicle, which will probably be two of you, maybe, I don't know. If you served in a cubicle anymore, or if you're at home cubicle, or on your, you know, your refrigerator or anything like that, your workshop or something like that, place one of these cards and take as many as you need to to keep this in front of you. And then we'll be also be um, floating out other prayer materials and other opportunities for prayer concerts and things of that nature to keep this in front of us. But our goal is that in your small groups, you know, go to your small group leaders and go, are we going to be praying for Odisha State? Push them a little bit, right? If they're not having to remember it, all right? I'm, I'm sorry, Jack, and, you know, the rest of you small group leaders. I'm going to put you out there now, all right? In your Bible studies... You know, keep this in your Bible studies. In your one-on-one, -on -one, your mentoring relationships, be praying about this in your mentoring relationships. And in your own personal prayer time, be praying for this initiative. Um, and a few weeks ago, or two weeks ago, I guess it was, I brought up the illustration of the tapestry, you know, and how the backside of a tapestry is really, it's, it's, it's nothing of any beauty or value. You know, it is loose strings, you know, that um, give you no real indication of what the other side of the tapestry looks like. And, um, and that day I encouraged all of us to consider how we might be a loose string in a tapestry that God is, is, is weaving. And so I'm asking that today. Our elders is asking that today. Is that you consider what role you will play in being a loose string and a tapestry that we are, we are trying to weave that would put the gospel in the hands of people in Odisha. And, and then so, but you'd have to ask, you know, we don't ever really get to see the other side of the tapestry. If you're the loose strings, you're on the back side. You never saw what happened on the other side. Well, let me just give you maybe a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of an idea about what the front side of that tapestry would look like if you choose to step into it and be one of these loose strings and all. And so the front side of that tapestry would look like the, the Bible, the Word of God being in the hands of people who've never seen it, touched it, or known about it. Would you like to be a part of a tapestry as that? To be able to place the word of God, the truth of all eternity, in the hands of people who've never, ever known of it? That's what we want the front of the tapestry to look like. To see that Bible get distributed and these training materials get distributed into the hands of people who've never heard it before. 
And then the other part, another other front side of that tapestry would be to see men getting to be trained in the Word of God, going through these books and learning what it means to, to read their Bible, to study their Bible, to apply their Bible to their lives, to understand what it means to live by grace, to understand what it means to live in God's grace, and to see men get trained to do that. And then another tapestry would be to see men graduating from those classes and then going into the field and finding other men to train and seeing churches started. That's the tapestry that we're talking about. That's what we're asking that you would consider in participating in this project through earnest, regular prayer, through sacrificial giving beyond your regular tithe, and then hopefully, as soon as COVID relents and we can get over there, by going over there and, and doing prayer walks for yourself in the streets of the cities of Odisha. So that's what we're asking. If you would think that these kind of things are worthy, if you think that these kind of things are of value, then that's what we're asking you to say yes to today. To say, I want to participate in that. And... Um, and then ultimately, the tapestry we're talking about here is a tapestry that is giving glory to God in a way that we can't do without being a part of this, in that particular area, rather. Someday, Revelation 5 tells us there will be an opportunity to stand before a throne of every tongue, tribe, nation, and people group. And as David has already said, would it not be an amazing thing to know that through your efforts, of prayer, of giving, that you were able to think that there are people standing before that throne to the glory of God because of your giving and your prayers. That is an audacious opportunity. That is an awesome opportunity to step into. And this morning, that's what we're asking our church family to step into. To say that I want to be a part of giving regularly. I want to be a part of prayerful, regular, bringing these people, these needs, these opportunities before the Lord. Yesterday in talking with David, he said that, um, well, you know, as, as God would have it, um, uh, he works in ways that we have no way of thinking. I mean, we don't even think that way. God does, right? And so in the course of the COVID, in the past month, both of the translators who would be working on this project died of COVID. And so that kind of left a little bit of a question mark about this. But in God's providence and in his goodness and his mercy to this, he, um, Vijay, the national director in India, found a Christian translator who already is up and running and will accept our project as soon as we release the documents to him. And so in talking with David yesterday, um, those, those pages, those books, will be sent to the translator this week to begin this work in Odisha State. Thank you. Thank you. Now, do you want to be a part of that? Do you want to pray for that? Are you willing to give for that? That's what we're asking for you. Let me pray for us now. Father, this morning, um, I have always considered it a humbling thing to think 
that you chose to use your selfish, your weak, your self-absorbed people to reach the nations. There had to be a better way. There had to be a more, a more efficient way, a cleaner way of doing it, and yet you chose to work through us. You chose to take the very vessel that you created in its imperfections and infuse it with your glory and say, this is our, this is our methodology. This is our means of taking the truth of God to the nations of the world. And just as we studied a couple of weeks ago, that it was those 11 men that you, in, you gave that first task to, and that task has been handed down through the generations until it's in our hands today. And so here we are at Crossing Community Church with this task of reaching the nations. And now, Father, we have that opportunity to, in a unique way we've never had before, in a unique way to do it, that we have the opportunity to do it in, a, in an area that it seems impossible to do. And so we meet you there, and we wait to see you work. And may we be eager to be a part of this project with you. Thank you for Dave and his teaching today. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be involved. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.